Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. On DAB Plus, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. The Women's World Cup Show. It's a really, really good finish. I love goals like that on TalkSport 2. Hello, this is the Women's World Cup Daily Show on Talk Sport 2. I'm Faker Rothers. England are back at their training base in Terragall after that epic 6-1 win over China. Preparations are already underway for their last 16 match against Nigeria. But shock results on day 14 of the tournament with Jamaica knocking out Brazil in Group F. To see these girls and to see a country like Jamaica be able to do this, it's unbelievable to just watch it while I'm alive right here standing. It's unbelievable. Plus, big love to South Africa, ranked 54th in the world and through to the last 16 after beating Italy in Group G. We said we're going to fight for every ball, we said we're not going to give up and they were absolutely, absolutely magnificent out there. We'll round up all the day's action and we'll hear all the latest from the England camp as well with our reporter Courtney Sweetman-Kirk. Earlier in the week, she sat down with Lionesses striker Bethany England to talk tattoos. Will we get a, a tattoo to commemorate the moment? Most definitely, yeah. I got one for the Euros, so I'd definitely be getting one. Loads to get through. Thanks for being with us. This is the Women's World Cup Daily Show on Talk Sport 2. I'm Chloe Kelly and you can listen to the Women's World Cup on Talk Sport. Happy Wednesday, you lovely lot. How are you doing? What did you make of day 14 of the tournament? What a result for Jamaica and South Africa. Brazil out, gutted to lose them, but these lower-ranked teams are really making a statement in this tournament, aren't they? Uh, right, we'll discuss that shortly. Uh, delighted to say former Lioness and TalkSport pundit Leanne Sanderson is with me again. Hey, Leanne. Hi, Faye. Lovely to see your face again. Always lovely to see your face. Uh, before we get stuck into everything that happened uh, today, let's have a bit of a recap on yesterday, shall we? Five different goal scorers and a Lauren James masterclass saw England breeze past China to top Group D, meaning they'll now face Nigeria on Monday in Brisbane. Let's remind ourselves of how all that sounded on TalkSport 2. Headed out to the penalty area. Now Russo! Finds the corner, instinctive finish, Alessia Russo off the mark of the World Cup. Oh, that's a lovely touch by Hemp. Hemp is through, 2-0 England. That's as clinical a counter-attack as you will see. Weedwood plays it square into the box. James, first time shot. What a finish. Lauren James, 2-2 for England. It's another beauty from one of the Lionesses' top players. I think we just 
built on momentum from the last win and took it into this game and everyone felt a lot more comfortable. Yeah, today it showed that, but obviously another difficult win, but yeah, we got the wins and that's the most important thing. To Lauren James, hits it on the volley. It's another stunner of a finish from Lauren James, who is loving life at this summer's World Cup. Lauren James just makes football look easy. She's effortlessly, one touch, what is it? On the sidestep. In step into the box. She put a really good ball in to start the play as well. But Lauren James made that finish look so easy. Driving across the face of goal, and it's to the far post to Daly! Rachel Daly follies it home! Six of the best for England! Made a couple of shape changes, and I think the team really believed in it. And we could really go very aggressive forward in defence, but also when we had the ball. England have hammered China in Adelaide and they go into the round of 16 in fine fettle. I'm very, very happy with the team and it showed again and this team has showed that uh, more often how adaptive we are. It is job done in the group stages for England. Three wins from three. They will play Nigeria in the round of 16. Yeah, a brilliant performance from us tonight. I think that'll keep everyone quiet now talking about <laughs> we're not scoring enough goals. We're unbelievable tonight. The journey continues for Serena Beekman's European champions. So someone who was in the thick of the action yesterday, our England reporter Courtney Sweetman-Kirk. She's made the trip back from Adelaide to Sydney and then back up to England's training base in Terrigal and joins us now. How are you doing, Courtney? I'm very well, thank you, Faye. As you say, it's uh, been a bit of a journey in terms of Adelaide to Sydney and then up to Terrigal. But yeah, feeling good and, and excited to explore Terrigal. Well, planes, trains and automobiles, it sounds like. You've had one heck of a journey. I, I know some of the players who didn't start the match yesterday were training at the Terrigal base, but you've obviously been in transit since then. But from who you've spoken to in terms of the press pack out there, fans you might have seen, what's the mood like after that 6-1 victory? Yeah, I think we were somewhere in the air whilst the the team were training. I won't embarrass myself with my poor geography as to where it was. But yeah, we were in the sky. But from what I saw yesterday... Um, after the game and, and from what I've heard, it's very, very happy camp. They're in fantastic spirits. Um, I think they felt like they put a few things to bed in, in terms of the lack of goals and, and that situation there. And it was a wonderful performance. So, yeah, they're all very happy at the moment. Yeah, it was such a fun performance. That was the word me and Leanne used in our analysis yesterday. But what was it like in the stadium? We heard your post-match interviews and all the players seemed in really good spirits. Uh, they talked a lot about silencing the critics as well, which means as far as I can see, they actually were listening a little bit to the narrative, even though there wasn't really much of one, seeing as they ended up finishing the group, conceding just one goal and topping it with nine points. No, I think fun is, is a great word, a great way to describe it. And I think... Often as, as players, as fans, as, as media, you get carried away and sometimes take things a bit too seriously. But at the end of the day, football is joyous. It's meant to be fun. And that's what I think you saw uh, a group of players really enjoying themselves, having the freedom to express themselves. Um, and as I say, after the game and, and seeing the girls, it's quite a tight stadium, actually. So, you know, the press pack and, and, and we were very close and they were walking up and down. They were, you know, being silly. I think you heard that in the interview where, you know, Chloe was talking, as you say, about silencing those critics and, and Rachel and Millie are, are walking past and I think they pinched her on the backside. So, yeah, I think, you know, that just shows that they're having fun. They really enjoyed it. Um, as you say, the the outside noise is something they've probably heard, not took too much to heart, but equally, 
Um, I think it, it, it's probably nice for them to sort of say, well, there you go, that's what you asked for. So preparations already underway uh, for that last 16 match on Monday against Nigeria. What are we expecting Serena Wigman to do, though? Because she obviously made the formation change we talked about extensively. Uh, so do you think she'll stick with that, bearing in mind the players she has at her disposal? Well, she's definitely got a fantastic blueprint to go forward with now. And when I spoke to her after the game, she was talking about the fact that now they've got a really good, solid plan B as well to think about. Um, I think personnel-wise, obviously, they'll see who's fit. We don't still actually know what Kira Walsh has done. So I don't know whether she will make an appearance at that point. And again, that very much changes the the dynamic. But for me, I think Serena Veeman, the, you know, the England manager, always says about it's horses for courses. They will look at the, you know, the Nigeria team, do all the analysis and, you know, they will work a little bit around them. But for me, playing so well in, in that formation um, and the players obviously enjoying themselves, unless there's something that really sticks out as to why they can't play that way against Nigeria, um, then then I would stick with the, the same lineup and the in the same formation. And what's the plan for the next few days, Courtney? When are you due to fly to Brisbane for the last 16 match? So for the next few days... Um, until Sunday now, we are going to be in Terragal. There'll be, you know, a couple of media sessions and interviews that you will obviously hear from myself, which I'm looking forward to. Uh, the team take part in a training session at the, the Central Coast Stadium in the morning, um, on the Sunday morning, and then we'll fly to Brisbane. Um, there'll be obviously all the match day minus one um, interviews as well that we can bring you. And then, yeah, the, the big day is Monday. Yep, that's live on TalkSport 2, England versus Nigeria and 8.30am kickoff UK time. Commentary from Joe Shannon and Jenna Scalacci. We've seen so many shocks in this tournament so far. Have you actually uh, managed to watch that much from the other games? I know what it's like when you're embedded in camp. You don't really get to catch that much other football. But if you have, who's caught your eye? Yeah, as you say, in camp, you're sort of in a little bubble at times and it can be quite difficult, but I have tried to, you know, catch as, as much as I can, as much as, you know, obviously I'm right behind the Lionesses. I'm, I'm a football fan also. So I think Germany initially looked good. Obviously, that 6-0 win was huge. And then, you know, the sort of surprise draw. Um, the Netherlands have looked good. I think, you know, the USA have, have been poorer maybe than we expected as well. But I think they'll come good. And But that's been the fantastic thing about this tournament so far. I think it has provided a lot of shocks. It shows that in terms of the gaps between, you know, the, the strongest nations and, and the ones that, you know, are further down the, the FIFA ranking, actually, it's closing. The, the performance levels are getting a lot better. And that's what we want to see as fans, isn't it? Obviously. As I said, I'm a Lioness fan first, so you want them to, to go and win the World Cup um, from our perspective. But also as a football fan, I want to see exciting games. I, I want the thrills and the spills. So, yeah, it's, it's been a fantastic tournament so far and, and hopefully it continues that way. Brilliant stuff. Thanks, Courtney. Get yourself some rest. Speak to you soon. Thanks for having me, Faye. Speak soon. At England reporter Courtney Sweetman-Kirk there. You'll hear all Courtney's interviews with the Lionesses over the next few days on TalkSport and TalkSport 2. The show is taking a bit of a knockout stages rest after Thursday and we'll be back on Monday with all the reaction from England's last 16 match against Nigeria. So a lot of work for the Lionesses to do going into that match against Nigeria, Leanne, but you know, they've got a fair few days to, to work on it. Yeah, they have. And I think when you're in tournament football, it's not only the the psychological break that you need, it's the mental break. You know, it's like when you're in camp, you don't need to maintain those fitness levels. It's just the sharpness. The players are fit, raring to go. The ones that haven't played that many minutes or haven't seen the field of play at all, 
will be kind of going out doing the extra training and spending time with their families. I found that was quite important when I played in the World Cup. You know, some coaches had minimal time you could have with your families and some coaches realised how important that was to be with them. So I always felt like when I got to see my mum and dad or my family, it was much better for me kind of removing myself from my team. I love my teammates, but you're with each other in each other's pockets. You know, you're rooming with somebody and you don't really get your own space. And I'm the kind of person that needs my own space sometimes. So I think this time now will be like, they'll they'll analyze the game obviously against China because you still analyze games, even though you kind of, they annihilated them. There's still a lot to learn from. And I think the rest will be really good. And now hopefully the Lionesses can push on. But against Nigeria though, Faith, I said it's not going to be easy. You know, undefeated in the competition, you know, they've got Randy Waldrum as their coach, really experienced coach. And he's done way more than probably people expected him to do in kind of a short space of time. Um, you're getting your own space from me, by the way, going away to Portugal for a few days. Maybe, maybe you need it after the intensity <laughs> of the two weeks with me. Um, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see, isn't it? And what I really enjoyed about a lot of the post-match discussion was Serena Vigman said that the players had really embraced the formation change and were actually really looking forward to it, is what she'd said in her um, post-match press conference. And I think you could see that on the pitch, couldn't you? So she talked about it still being available as a plan B because we know she's never going to tell us what her uh, plans are for the last 16 game against against Nigeria. But it could become option one. Yeah, it could be. And I think I said this to you yesterday, just because we beat China 6-1 and we played really well doesn't mean that's the same team, the same plan. And that's what I love about Serena Beekman, that she will pick the team that she believes is the best team to win and also will make the changes in-game. And she's actively able to do that. And I think that she does a really good job of keeping everybody invested and involved because someone like Laura Coombs, who had minimal caps, Katie Zellum never started a game and then starts in the World Cup and seamlessly fit in there. Whereas I feel like before with previous coaches at times, players wouldn't feel part of the team in, in its entirety. And it's difficult. You know, in the Euros, there's players that went there, Lotta Wubamoy, Beth England didn't play a minute. But those players are equally as valuable. And people can say that, but it's about a coach making you feel like you're valued. And I think things like you see some players like Rachel Daly, Millie Bright going to watch the team training when they could have their time off. That type of stuff is really important. I saw some footage of that and I thought that's actually really, really good because that's something I would do because I know how hard it is when you're a sub doesn't matter if the team's winning. It's so hard for you to play that role. It really is. And it takes a certain type of person that can play that role. That's really important and a massive point, actually. The leaders in this group are key. And it feels as if Rachel Daly has taken Lauren James under her wing. We know the leadership qualities that Millie Bright has as well. So the fact that they've gone and done that is it is brilliant to see. And there's such a close group out there. You know, I, I know that from behind the scenes, some people I know uh, working within the FA, you know, and, and I've been lucky enough to to work at close quarters with these girls. And, and they're a really tight-knit group. And that's going to help massively going forward. Uh, right, this is the Women's World Cup Daily Show on TalkSport 2. Faker Rothers and Leanne Sanderson with you. Coming up, we're going to round up what was a cracking day of action from day 14 of the tournament. This is the Women's World Cup Daily Show on TalkSport 2. Don't forget the TalkSport Network is the place for all things Women's World Cup. We'll have live commentary from all of England's remaining matches, plus updates on other games throughout the tournament as well. Uh, thanks for being with us. I'm Faker Rothers. Leanne Sanderson 
is with me and what an amazing day in groups F and G. In group F, France, Jamaica and Brazil were all fighting for the top two spots and after picking up a win over Panama and a draw against France in their first two games, Jamaica had the chance to knock Brazil out of the tournament with a win or a draw. Talk sports Charlotte Richardson was watching this one. This tournament is not disappointing. Full time here, Jamaica nil, Brazil nil. Brazil are knocked out of the World Cup as Jamaica become the first Caribbean nation to reach the knockout stages. And the scenes here are incredible. Tears of joy, total jubilation as the Jamaican players have defied the odds. The reggae girls produced another inspiring display to shut out Brazil. They've not conceded a goal in these group phases. The Jamaicans have pleaded for more resource and backing for their women's side. They've spoken with their performances full of hard work, desire and heart, which should never, ever be underestimated in a football game. Underdogs in Group F, Jamaica progressed to the final 16 at the expense of Brazil. It finishes here full time, Jamaica nil, Brazil nil. I mean, Leanne, incredible scenes from the reggae girls. The first time into the knockouts, ranked 43 in the world. And after so much unrest coming into the tournament with calls for investment, they had to crowdfund their way to the World Cup. Devastation on the faces of the Brazilians, obviously. They've never actually failed to progress from the group stages of the World Cup. And six-time World Player of the Year, Marta, bowing out of international football. Horrible way to go. We'll talk about her in a second. But I didn't really want to lose either of these teams. but. Equally, I'm so delighted for Jamaica. They've been absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it's been brilliant. And I'm a little bit biased because my dad's Jamaica. My grandparents are born there. A lot of my former England teammates are actually on this team. And I think it's very smart of them to kind of, you know, switch nationalities to a certain degree because they wasn't getting any joy about playing in England with Drew Spence got called into a couple of camps, Becky Spencer as well, and those types of players and Vianne Sampson. So I think the fact that Jamaica did that and they've gone there, how incredible. Because these players would have still been kind of sitting at home had they not have made that opportunity and kind of the federation reached out and said this is that these are the players we want. So I was so delighted and I think they deserve it. I mean I think it's important to focus on the positives of Jamaica and how well they did. But the fact that Dabinia and Marta were starting up top, you know, for Brazil, and they weren't able to get a win out of this game, it's quite incredible, really. I mean, there was one opportunity where Marta had in the first half and Vianne Sampson just drew herself in front of the ball. Brilliant block. It was, I think it was only like five minutes into the game and they were brilliant. Bunny Shaw was obviously back for this game as well, obviously picking up that red card, but... They're not just reliant upon her. It's a real team effort. You can see what it meant when the final whistle went. I had goosebumps. You know, everybody was almost in tears. And there's been so many great stories in this World Cup. And I think what's great about this World Cup phase, we're seeing the stories happen in the Women's World Cup. You see it happen a lot in the men's. You know, we saw with Tunisia and Morocco and those types of teams at the Men's World Cup. But with regards to this World Cup, South Africa, Nigeria, Jamaica, like who would have ever thought Canada would have been out? And Brazil at this point, nobody. If you're a betting person, nobody, you bet on that, you're in the money. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well, listen, you know, I love an underdog bet at times. And, uh, you know, I, I think I put a bet on this. I need to check, actually. Uh, not okay, so you're taking it, me to talk to <laughs> yeah yeah that's yeah yeah I only ever bet like 50p at a time honestly my bets are pathetic um because I just like to have an interest in the game yeah. it's not about anything else um but listen let's get some reaction from the Jamaica camp as you say the scenes were absolutely incredible here's head coach Lorne Donaldson I did a cartwheel I don't know if it was a good one but I did one but I can't do two cartwheels I might hurt myself I tell you what this is one of the best feelings I've ever had in my life. And just 
just to see these girls and to see a country like Jamaica be able to do this, it's unbelievable to just watch it while I'm alive right here standing. It's unbelievable. I mean, I thank the girls to do this for the country and the country should be proud. I saw the cartwheel. He didn't do it that well, but he still kind of did it. It was like a kind of um, Robbie Keane-esque almost kind of more of a roly-poly kind of kind of thing but you can hear how much it, it means to them Leanne but I tell you what else got me going and I mean it doesn't take much to make me cry anyway but seeing Marta in tears at the end doing heart signs to, to the fans what an incredible player forever imprinted in history. Yeah I mean I can't speak highly enough of Marta best player I've ever played against best player I've ever seen in a women's game in my whole time of existence. And I remember that she's the type of player you remember playing against her. And in the Champions League final, when we played against her, I remember everyone was talking about Martin. We'd heard a lot about her. That was my first time I played against her. And I remember there was a time where she kind of flicked it, did a rainbow flick over someone's head. And I was literally clapping in the middle of the pitch. And I thought, Leanne, come on, you better run here. Because it was just like, I'm playing against this player. And she's so good that you just kind of, she's the type of player you just have to stop and admire. Because she's a legend real legend I think that's thrown around quite often when it's not someone that's a legend and she's genuinely the best player we've ever seen so yeah I think on one hand the reggae girls are delighted but Marta bowing out in this way you wouldn't want to see it but she's been a fantastic servant to the sport and I've no doubt that you know she'll stay she'll still obviously be at the Orlando Pride so she'll go back to the NWSL and then she'll have she'll have a big future in the game, whatever she wants to do, whatever she chooses. Yeah, she certainly will. But absolutely gutted to, to see Brazil go out. And the reason they go out is because France did the job they needed to, albeit in very fascinating circumstances, because they took on Panama in the other Group F game and it ended up being a nine-goal thriller. Panama already out of the tournament, two defeats from two, but the, uh, the debutants were hoping to pick up points in their final game and possibly knock the French out. France knew that just a draw would be enough to see them through to the knockout stages. Talk Sports Abigail Davis, watch this one. Yeah, it's finished. Panama 3, France 6. France through to the last 16. They were dealt a blow inside two minutes when Marta Cox treated us to the goal of the tournament. A delightful swirling free kick from range curled into the top left corner. But from there, Panama often struggled to get out of their own half as France upped the tempo and the intensity with quick one-two touch passing that saw them constantly advance into dangerous areas. The smart link-up play out wide proving impossible for Panama to deal with. Lacroix drew them level, a downward header that would have found the back of the net anyway but was fired into the roof of the net by Pinzone's attempted clearance. Diani got her first when she fired in from close range, added a second and completed her hat-trick from the penalty spot. Legaric also getting in on the act with a delivery in from the left that evaded everyone in the box and into the back of the net. The only concern for them has been their inability at times to deal with the quality of Panama's set-piece play. Pinzone adding a second for Panama from the penalty spot. Cedeno heading home from close range from a free kick but France too good at the other end of the pitch. Biko adding a sixth for them just before full time, and that all whilst resting their top goal scorer, Les Sommer. They'll face the runner up of Group H in the next round. Another statement win for France Panama three, France six. I mean, nine goals scored, Leanne, and Panama with that absolute screamer to open it up after two minutes was just incredible. Yeah, and you know what's crazy? Like when they went ahead, my mum actually messaged me straight away. She sent me a voice note and she was almost screaming down the voice note. And I said, mum, just calm down. 
You know, it is France. I know people are talking about them being in a transitional period and, you know, new coach and those types of things. But I'm like, just wait, because the fact that they were able to score three goals against France, though, Panama, is quite incredible. Really, it is because, you know, Wendy Renard and those types of players, they don't concede easily. So there was a lot of pride within this Panamanian team, you could see. And I was delighted, but I had no doubt that the French would come back and, you know, Diani getting a hat trick and those types of things. But what a story that would have been as well. And it wasn't easy for France at all. So, again, it would have been crazy to think that the French team would have gone out, you know, had Brazil of one as well. So it's just a lot of was changing in that group and in group F. And I think it was great because it all went down to the final game. I think sometimes we, before the tournament, we do our predictions and we think, oh, you know, this team's going to get through easily. Canada will have no doubt be in the next round. You know, like I said to you the other day, Faye, I have friends and friends that have gone out there, Canadians that have gone to see their like wives play, their girlfriends play, and they're already out. I know it's it, it, it's it's amazing, but that's why I've loved every single second of this World Cup because you've just not known. It's been so unpredictable. It's been wonderful, and the fact that you know Panama made a real game of it, bringing it back to five three at one point, and I just thought, oh wow, could you imagine if they did it, turn the group completely on its head? It would have been quite remarkable, but it wasn't meant to be. But I tell you what was remarkable. Because elsewhere, the final round of Group G games took place earlier on this morning with all four teams still having the chance to qualify. Um, all to play for as South Africa took on Italy. Italy had suffered an embarrassing 5-0 defeat to Sweden but re restored their World Cup hopes thanks to a 1-0 victory over Argentina. South Africa had never reached the knockout stages of a Women's World Cup before. In fact, they'd never even won a game in the Women's World Cup before. Uh, talk sports, Lisa. Sullivan, watch this one. It's finished. South Africa 3, Italy 2. South Africa have knocked Italy out of the World Cup. Italy taking the lead through a 13th penalty. South Africa back on terms through a bizarre own goal. 32 minutes in, Italy's Benedetta Orsi not having a great World Cup debut. With a draw enough for Italy, the Banyana Banyana had to push on for a lifeline goal. It came through the graft of keeper, of skipper Catalana, attacking down the left, putting in a sweet through ball for Hilda Magaya to put South Africa ahead for the first time in the match. But Italy have been great in the set piece, a curling corner helped by the blustery wind, Girelli getting her head on it, a bit of help for Caruso to score her second of the match and keep her country in the World Cup. But it wasn't to be. Standout play for South Africa, Katlana creating space for Seopo Senwe, who held it up for Magaya to run on and fire their side to their first ever World Cup win. They came to New Zealand with just one goal in World Cup competition. Now they've sent Italy packing and are into the last 16 meeting with the Netherlands. In Wellington, it finished South Africa 3, Italy 2. Right, before uh, me and Leanne dip into this, let's get some reaction from South Africa manager Desiree Ellis. I mean, I said I was in tears on multiple occasions today. Here I go again, because she was one of the founding members of Banyana Banyana back in 1993 and reflected on her side making history. This is just amazing. I thought they were incredible. I thought we said we're going to fight for every ball. We said we're not going to give up. And they were absolutely, absolutely magnificent out there. But this victory is for everyone back home. People that got up in the early hours of the morning to support us. This is for them. This is for everyone involved in women's football. That have played a part in getting the players here. The coaches out there. The coaches that have come before. The players that have come before. This is for all of them. 
everybody put their bodies on the line for this victory. I give this victory to the whole of the Banyana team, the whole of South Africa, and everybody who supports Banyana Banyana. I mean, they've got some new fans in us, Leanne, haven't they? They have, and I remember we used to play against South, Af- South Africa a lot in the Cyprus Cup, and they were always so much fun when we'd have kind of like the get-together dinners when we first got there, and they were always happy, win, lose, or draw. And um, they always had a smile on their face and they made you realise why you played the beautiful game. And Desiree Ellis, I played against her a number of times as well. And it's great to see she's leading this team. What a story that is. You know, gone from being one of the founding people of the team to now coaching, playing and then coaching on this team. And who would have thought again, this one was this one was going to be the case. But remember I said before the tournament, Faye, about Temi Katlana being a player to look out mm. for. I get to watch her a lot in the NWSL for Louisville and her and Savannah DeMello play up top together. And they're the reason why Louisville have been, when they're successful, is due to her. So people kind of look to me as if to say, how are this South Africa team going to do anything in this tournament with regards to only having one player? But it's not just one player. They're a real team. And I think it was very fitting that she ended up getting on the score sheet and scoring as well, the winning goal. And what a story. Again, we talk about all these federations that just don't have much funding. And it just goes to show you the quality of these players are getting better. They're playing in Europe, you know, training every single day. Everyone's catching up to the U.S. women's national team. You can see it. Yeah, and I'm here for it as well. But, you know, you mentioned Tembi Katlana there, actually post-match. And I didn't realise this at all. I don't think anybody did. She got the stoppage time winner. But she said she's actually lost three family members over the past fortnight and could have actually gone home, but chose to stay with her girls, as she called them, and then said, because that's how much it means. And we talked when we did the preview podcast, didn't we? Right at the beginning of the tournament, we talked about how success breeds change. And we're we're seeing the desire that these players have from the um, lower ranked nations to actually be successful to create change because how can you stop or how can you prevent investment in in a team that is you know doing so well on a global stage yeah and I think as well with regards to that I think the visibility of this tournament with regards to people being able to watch it has made people realize actually the players that everybody's tipped to be the best players haven't been you know, I think they've been quite underwhelming, the players going in, people saying, oh, you know, Sophia Smith, Alex Morgan, Bon Matty, Alexia Puteas, they've not been the best players in the tournament for me. And I think people are watching these games thinking, actually, you know, you've got June Endo, we'll talk about all those players in a bit, but like, that are stepping up and people can now visibly see them because, you know, when I played in World Cups, which wasn't that long ago, really, you know, you're talking, what, five, six years ago or so. Um, and when I played in the China World Cup, no one could watch the games. You know, so it was almost like they were on maybe like a different station. No one could see them, whereas now everyone can see them and make their own judgment up about players. So people come up to me on the street fair and they say, oh, that Jill Rule's a good player, isn't she? And no one would have ever have seen her because <laughs> they'd have been talking about Miedemar. Because I get it. I love Miedemar. She's one of my favourite players. Or they'll say, oh, you know, Sam Kerr's been a big loss, but Steph Catley's been really good. Like players that are not always in people's ears, but they're vis- they are good players and they're consistent. We see them in the WSL every single week. But often people just talk about Alex Morgan, Sam Kerr, and which completely makes sense. But I think what's been great about this tournament is there's different players, have different stories, and people have been able to visibly see how good they are. Yeah, it's been a delight, hasn't it? And uh, one of them is Amanda Illestead, 
uh, who's going to be coming and plying her trade in the WSL place for Sweden. Um, and uh, that was the other Group G game. They'd already confirmed that they were going into the last 16 as, as top of the group, uh, all but guaranteed to finish top of the group anyway. But they wanted to put on a strong last showing in the group stages. Argentina, on the other hand, were fighting for their World Cup survival. Talk Sports' Alfie Reynolds was watching this one. Full-time Argentina nil, Sweden two. Sweden finish on top of the group with nine points. They set up an unenviable last 16 tie against the USA. They were qualified before this match and they made nine changes for it. It meant it wasn't the best spectacle. There wasn't much in the way of chances. The goals coming from Rebecca Blomqvist, her second in as many games as she headed in from close range and a late Ellen Rubinson penalty. Argentina's wait for a win at the World Cup continues. This is their fourth appearance at a World Cup and they still have haven't won a match. They finished bottom of the group with one point. Full-time, Argentina nil, Sweden two. So another good result for Sweden in the end, but they've, they're set up for a really tough test against the USA. I mean, we're going to go and look through the last 16 properly in depth tomorrow, Liam, but, but what do you think of it? Oh, I think that's going to be a difficult game for the US Women's National Team. I think Sweden are finally looking like the Sweden of old. You can see where the goals they're scoring. I mean, Ilstead being a centre-back there's really, really dangerous on set pieces. And I think the US Women's National Team have been a little bit apprehensive on set pieces, which has been quite unusual because they've got a lot of experience in there. Along with Julie Ertz, Germer has been one of the best players in the league in America. So I think it'll be a difficult game, but I've been really impressed by Sweden. I think they look good. They look organised. I think last season, last year at the Euros, when they played against England, England just controlled the whole game in a way that I didn't expect them to because going into it, you know, they made the Olympics final against Canada. So people were thinking, oh, you know, they're going to be a real good team. But they weren't really that great at the Euros. I don't think they played anywhere near the levels. Whereas now, confident, they look good. Yeah, they really do. Uh, so Sweden finished Group G top. South Africa second. And in Group F, France finished top. Jamaica uh, second. This is the Women's World Cup Daily Show on TalkSport 2. Faker Rubbers and Leanne Sanderson with you. Coming up next, we'll select our best moments from the group stages so far. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. 
Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're listening to the Women's World Cup Daily Show on Talk Sport 2 in association with Zero, small business accounting software and proud partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. Uh, don't forget Talk Sport have live commentary of all of England's remaining games across the network. So thanks for choosing to be with us. I'm Faker Rothers. Leanne Sanderson is with me. Don't forget England's last 16 match against Nigeria. We'll have live commentary of that on Talk Sport 2 and 8.30 a.m. kickoff on Monday morning. So all but one of the groups have concluded. Group H finishes tomorrow with Colombia taking on Morocco and Germany facing South Korea. You can hear updates on TalkSport from 11 o'clock tomorrow. Uh, that's on Thursday. As we come to the end of what's been a thrilling set of group games, though, it's time to look back on some of the best bits from the group stages, uh, Leanne. So I'm going to ask you first and foremost, who's been the best player for you so far? I've got two because I feel like people are going to call me biased, but I think Lauren James. Ball whipped in by Carter, deep to Lauren James! Hits it on the volley! This one will count! It's another stunner of a finish from Lauren James, who is loving life at this summer's World Cup. It's another glorious goal for England. It's China 1, England 4. And I've said enough about Lauren James to you, Faye, every single day in the WSL as well. I would never let her leave my team. She, I think she's been brilliant. I'm so glad Serena Beekman started her in the second game. So I think the first game we really missed her. And just the assists, the goals have been incredible. And she still is only 21 years old and she'll continue to go from strength to strength. But I've said enough about her. The other player I think that I've been really impressive is June Endo from Japan. I think she's been absolutely brilliant. And I know a lot of people talk about the goals that people score, but when you watch her, never gives away the ball her assists, the way she plays the intricate passes, I could watch her all day long. And I get the luxury of watching her playing in the NWSL in America when I do my commentary there. So she's been brilliant. And I think she's been one of my favourite players to watch. I've gone for a Japanese player as well, as well as Lauren James, of course. Um, I've gone for Hinata Miyazawa. Uh, I thought she's been absolutely wonderful to watch. She can assist, she can score. Uh, four goals and one assist to her name. She's only 23 years old. And uh, yeah, I think she's been absolutely wonderful. Um, what about your best goal? There have been, there've been a few to pick from. There have, but I've got two for different reasons. I'm going to go with Mina Tanaka for Japan against Spain. The last goal I thought was absolutely brilliant the way she picked up the ball on the right-hand side and kind of juked, dropped the shoulder and bent it in the top corner. That was my favourite goal, but my second favourite was Lindsay Horan. Obviously, Lindsay got fouled hard and um, you don't want to mess with Lindsay. And she sent a message uh, before the corner was even taken. And then for her to score, is that, that's the best way to, to send a message. So that was incredible to witness and just kind of a testament to Lindsay's mentality and um, the mentality we all need to have. She was having an argument with Danielle Vanderdonk about 30 seconds before it. The ref was kind of telling him to calm down. Lindsay Horan was like, I'm not having this. Headed it in the back of the net in the exact same moment on the corner kick where the ref was kind of having a bit of aggro going. So those are my two. Yeah, I, I would say Panama's opening goal today just because of the shock of it. And in two minutes, and it was a wonder goal as well. Marta Cox uh, curling in a 
free kick into the top corner. It was uh, it was an absolute beaut. What a start to this game we have been treated to. It's Panama 1, France 0. Inside the opening two minutes, Panama have stunned France with the goal of the tournament so far. Marta Cox was brought down 35 yards out when driving forward through the middle. She then stepped up to take the resulting free kick and what a strike it was. Okay, who are you going for in terms of team? I'm going to go for the Netherlands. It was Vietnam nil, the Netherlands seven. It is their biggest win in women's World Cup history. They were five nil up at halftime and they made it seven nil by the end of the game. I was thinking Japan, those are my two teams, but I can't keep sitting on the fence. You know, I never sit on the fence. I need to make a decision. So I'm going with the Netherlands. And my reasoning is that against the US Women's National Team, I think they completely outplayed them. Not many people do. Yes, we've seen later on in the, you know, in the group stages, USA don't look as good as we've seen them before. But I thought the Netherlands looked absolutely brilliant. And a lot of their individual players, Jill Rod, Lika Martins, I think has had a great tournament. Defensively, they look organised. So the Netherlands have been my favourite team to watch. OK, I'm going to pick Japan. I feel I feel as if I've just I've just become Japan's 12th woman. <laughs> I am I am their number one fan at the moment. I just thought they were superb against Spain in particular. And I've just, I've just loved watching them in this tournament. And I love their fans as well because they tidy up wherever they go. They take their rubbish with them. And that, for me, is beaut. Um, right, best kit. I'll tell you who I'm going for. I love Colombia's away kit. It's kind of galaxy, like purpley in colour. They wore it against Germany. And uh, it, it just reminds me of those kind of old school 80s uh, galaxy films where the writing goes in as if it's going off into the distance. <laughs> it just reminds like me of that. I like the ones that are different, you know, that have a little bit of difference. I think sometimes the kits start to look the same when they're from the same sponsorship. But my favourite is the US Women's National Team one with the white, with like, it's kind of got like the polka dots because I like the kits that you can wear playing and you can also wear it with a pair of jeans. <laughs> so I feel like it's the type That's of shirt. Say that again? It's a little bit like France's kit yes. in 2019. That was, it a, that was a little bit like that, isn't it? it yeah, is like I think that. they, they, they channeled it. They stole it. <laughs> yeah, they did. But I like the fact that it looks like smart. And it's got the little bit of print on it, you know, the little like kind of like polka dots they look like. But yeah, you're right. It is a little bit like France. Yeah. OK, right. Last one. Just your highlight of, of the tournament. And I'm just going to leave this one with you. So it's in, it's hard to pick one. But what I will say is the fact that South Africa are through and the reggae girls are through. I think these stories are just incredible and they're much bigger than an individual. I think, you know, with what these nations are doing with minimal resources, the reggae girls are just fighting to get any type of payment and to get paid. And you've got other nations fighting for more money, which I completely get every single aspect of it. But the fact they've come to this tournament, not knowing if they're even going to get any money, you know, they, they struggle for everything. They barely meet up the reggae girls. So that's an incredible story. So that's been my highlight, the fact that they're through and the scenes at the final whistle and Tembi Gatlana getting that goal for South Africa and putting them through, I, I think is just amazing, really. I, I just can't believe how far these teams have come in a short space of time. No, it's exciting for the future, isn't it? That's for sure. And more to come as well, because one more uh, round of group games in terms of uh, Group H and then into the knockouts. You're listening to the Women's World Cup Daily Show on TalkSport 2. I'm Faker Others. Leanne Sanderson is with me. What are your highlights of the of the World Cup so far? Let us know on socials. Coming up, we're going to hear from Bethany England to see what she's planning to do if England do win the World Cup. 
You're listening to the Women's World Cup Daily Show in association with Zero small business accounting software and proud partner of England Women Dream Bigger. If you missed this episode live or duck in halfway through, don't worry, we're also available on podcast, plenty of places you can download us. But first, head to the TalkSport app to find us. Faker Others and Leanne Sanderson with you. Uh, Leanne, I've just watched the FA show Lionesses Live with Lauren Hemp. Really interesting comments she made, actually, as we reflect a little bit more on England's 6-1 victory over China in their final Group D match. She was talking about her partnership with Alessia Russo uh, because, obviously, she played in a in a slightly different position, didn't she, uh, for Serena Wiegmann, like quite close to Alessia Russo. And you and I talked about it yesterday but here's what she had to say me and Les work really well off each other I won't give the tactics away but she likes to come short and I like to run in behind yesterday we had a great connection and she also scored a fantastic goal there were so many incredible goals which just shows the amount of depth we have in this England squad that anyone can come on and change the game and we waxed lyrical about how she took that ball in the first place but I really liked the partnership that they had yeah, I think it was brilliant. And we didn't see that one coming at all because we've never seen Lauren Hemp really play that. I think she's doing herself a little bit of a disservice saying that she just goes long and, and <laughs> let's just come short because it looked way more intricate than that. And they just really had a telepathy. And I think it kind of sets up a Bethany England to be able to come into the mix a little bit more because it's not a 4-4-2. kind of looks like that at times, but they were so interchangeable. Lauren James was going out to the left. Lauren Hemp was dropping in the 10. You know, China, I think it caught them off guard. I don't think they could get anywhere near them. And the goal that she scored, she made it look so easy. That first touch, I could watch it over and over again. The same as you watch a goal over and over again. The first touch to prepare herself to go towards goal just took about three players out from the China back line. Good ball from Lauren James. But Lauren Hemp, I thought she had one of her best games. I've seen her play for England yesterday. And that quality that we know she has, I think she finally was able to produce it. Yeah, she certainly did. And then she got to talk about Lauren James because, you know, it's really easy for us always to pick out one player. It's important to highlight players like Lauren Hemp and not just when she's on the score sheet, which is quite rare, really. Um, But here's what she had to say about Lauren James. There are no words to describe LJ. She's unbelievable. We see it every day in training. Now we're seeing it in games and it's great that the world can see what an unbelievable player she is. We obviously see it in the WSL every week. Now the world is seeing it and it's great to have her on this team. She had an amazing game yesterday and is growing throughout the tournament. She's a confident girl and absolute credit to this team. I'm so glad she's an England player. Yeah, I mean, Lauren James is just, we. I mean, I feel like I'm my biggest fan and should run a fan club, you know, because even when we do the WSL commentaries and when we did the Champions League as well, I'm like, she's just so good. I think when you watch her live and you see her, the intricacy of the way she manipulates the ball and, you know, and it's it's almost like, oh, yeah, it's Reese James's sister. Well, now she's finally been able to be on the world stage and no one's even talking about Reese James. And he's one of the best players in the world as well. So what a great family they are. And she's just been brilliant in this tournament. And she said in her post-game press conference that I watched, and she just said, Serena Vigman just lets me play. And you can see she's quite a shy girl. But when she's on the pitch, there's no shyness about her. She has that swagger. She's nonchalant. She does everything that's asked of her. And I'm so delighted she has a coach like Serena Wiegmann that can let her flourish. Because I think at times I felt like I had coaches that kind of held me back. And when I had that flair and the creativity, I didn't feel like I was allowed to be kind of that player. It was almost like, no, get it and give it. Whereas with Lauren James, the sky's the limit and what a player she is. Yeah, she is. I'd have loved to see you play under Serena Wiegmann, by the way. Um, I tell you one player who is enjoying her time under Serena Wiegmann and finally got her first minutes 
under her in a major tournament as well is Bethany England. And as you know, TalkSport's Courtney Sweetman-Kirk has been in and around the England camp over the past few weeks. Not just chatting about football, by the way. Earlier in the week, she caught up with Bethany England and they got to bond over their love for tattoos. And Courtney even asked her if they won the World Cup, whether she'd get a tattoo to commemorate the victory. Bethany England, away from football, you're known for two things, dogs and tattoos. <laughs> We're both covered in them. Where did the obsession begin for you? I don't actually know where the obsession began, but I just remember before I turned 18 saying to my dad, I really want a tattoo done. I would always tell my parents whenever I would want to get one, so it was never like secretive. I got my first and then a couple more added and then it, it just, as you know, it just spirals. You think, oh, I'm not addicted, but then <laughs> next minute you've got a sleeve, you, you're absolutely covered in them. So they show off good artistic skills and I like that it shows off personality as well. So how many altogether do you have or have you lost count by this point? Oh, if I'm correct, I want to say 26. What's your favourite one? No questions, my dog, Buddy. Yeah, my tattoo, a portrait of my dog. Over here, I must admit, I've seen a few tattoo shops, I've been tempted. Have you? I have not. I've seen a lot of tattoo shops, yeah. Um, I've not been tempted. I stick with the guy that I know I have. Um, I trust him complicitly and they're always thought through before I get them done. But if I did get one, I'd probably get a kangaroo because they've become my favourite thing. <laughs> Just a little kangaroo. I don't know where, but I would get a kangaroo. Amazing. If you win the World Cup, will you get a, a tattoo to commemorate the moment? Most definitely, yeah. I got one for the Euros, so I'd definitely be getting one. So if you, if you won the World Cup, would you get a kangaroo in the date? On my forehead, yeah. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. Don't take that as gospel. But yeah, I probably would get. I would probably opt for a kangaroo in the date. Yeah, Perfect. I didn't think of that, but yeah. Right, you, you heard it here first. Yes, yeah, kangaroo in the date. If we win, you've heard it. Okay, Leanne. I mean, are you a tattoo fan, first of all? Yeah, I am, actually. I, I've just got a few more about two weeks ago. Oh, well, I'll have to have a look at those when you get back from your holiday. I'm not, but then I'm averse to pain, so that's that's not to be a surprise. Do you think, though, getting a kangaroo tattoo is valid if they win the World Cup? Yeah, I do. I think something to commemorate a massive achievement in your life, you know, I think, why not? I have a Mickey Mouse tattoo because I love Disney, and it makes my tattoos <laughs> to me that, like, are happy things and song lyrics and those types of things. So I think getting something to commemorate that, why not? Each to their own. Yeah, I agree with you uh, for sure. What would you get if you were in this Lionesses squad right now? What what, what would you get probably if you get, won the World Cup, obviously? Yeah, I'd probably get like something like a lion tattoo or something, you know, like the three lions, something like that, or a date. I remember, funnily enough, about tattoos, I remember when Everton beat us in the League Cup final and Jill Scott has been Roman numerals on her foot from when they beat us and like the tattoo. And I remember we used to room and I'd be like, it's the league cup. Like it's still a taunt, it's still a trophy, but you didn't win the league. You didn't win the FA cup, didn't win the champions league. you got the league cup on your foot for the rest of your life. But yeah, you know, everyone has different ways of doing things. We had banter about it for years. We, we, we did the Conti Cup draw the other day. The League Cup is very important. No, yeah. no, it's important. Um, of course it is. <laughs> it's just not a World Cup. Courtney also managed to get in some time with Chloe Kelly last week. And after a historic weekend for the box office with the release of Barbie and Oppenheimer, Courtney got Chloe's take on all things films. I don't really go on like social media. Yeah, I go on TikTok, that's it. I just like watching people dance. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Dance and cook and I can't do either. <laughs> Barbenheimer is trending. Do you know what that is? No. <laughs> People are going to watch the Barbie movie, having a bit of a break, then going to watch the Oppenheimer movie. So I probably know the answer now, but which one would you prefer to go and watch, Barbie or Oppenheimer? 
Barbie. What is your favourite film? Easy watch, I think White Chicks. What is your favourite quote, quote from the film? I can't say it. <laughs> yeah, do you know what? I don't really watch much TV because I can't concentrate for too long, so I like colouring in. Pick a mix or popcorn. Oh, I thought he was going to say Ice Blast. <laughs> I only go no, for the can... Ice Blast. <laughs> you go for the tango and then walk out. Forget the film. Yeah, I'm not bothered about the film. Just go for the Ice Blast. I'll have tango Ice Blast, some sweets and popcorn, and that'll be me. I'm sorted. Perfect. <laughs> Leanne, have you managed to watch either of these films yet? Yes, I watched Barbie, um, the film, about two days ago, my mother-in-law, and I absolutely loved it. As you can tell, fam, I'm not really a Barbie girl, but having said that, it doesn't matter. And I love the message behind it. Like, you could be anything you want to be as a young female. You could be the president. You could be a CEO, you know, and it's amazing the amount of, like, because my mum said to me, oh, it's Barbie. I was like, no, it's nothing about Barbie. And I want to live in Barbie world where all my clothes are prepared for me. I get my drinks made for me. I can go down a slide to get to work, Faye. I think we should bring that in at the News UK talk <laughs> hours. And it just seems like a dream world. And I, I love, you know what I'm like, I live in a dream world. So people tell me that half the time. So I love the movie. I thought it was great. Have you? I, I've not seen it yet, but I'm going to go on my own because I don't think I'm going to be able to drag my... He hates going to the cinema anyway, my husband. And I definitely don't think I'd be able to drag him to see Barbie. But my, my first thought with Barbie was... Of course, I don't want to see that. I used to decapitate my sister's Barbie dolls because that was the kind of age that I was. And I was a horrible teenage older sister. Um, but I, uh, I, I've heard such good things about it. I'm going to have to go and watch it. And when you say, you know, it means that little girls can look and be whatever they want. That's quite poignant, bearing in mind we're talking about the Women's World Cup and you have to see it to believe it. We talk about it all the time, don't we? And uh, and they can they can believe that they could be professional footballers for the first time as well uh, Leanne always a delight have a lovely holiday I'll speak to you when you're back next week yes I will be back after England hopefully beat Nigeria <laughs> so you'll see fingers me crossed <laughs> lovely uh, for the quarterfinals no English arrogance there by the way, just hoping, keeping fingers crossed. Uh, thank you to Leanne Sanderson, Courtney Sweetman-Kirk, Lisa O'Sullivan, Alfie Reynolds, Abigail Davis, Charlotte Richardson, producers Myra Numa, and of course all of you as ever for listening. Don't forget, if you miss any of the shows live, you can download the Women's World Cup show via the TalkSport app. And next show is on TalkSport 2 on Thursday at 5 o'clock, or you can download via podcast. We'll be rounding up all the action from day 15 of the tournament. Next here on TalkSport 2, we bring you following on the Cricket Collective. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 